Welcome to the Journal of Community and Supportive Oncology podcast for the month of February 2016. I'm Dr. David Henry. This month we feature a report on fluoroquinolones and neuropsychiatric side effects, how superior platelet counts in AML post-induction can indicate a more durable remission, second targeted combination regime approved for metastatic melanoma, and we review new therapies in gastrointestinal cancer, so let's begin. We start with the second targeted combination regime approved for metastatic melanoma by Dr. James Abram in our community translation section. The MAP kinase pathway is an important metabolic pathway necessary for growth of melanoma cells. The BRAF and MEK are important metabolites along the way of this cancer growth pathway. Melanomas having the V600E BRAF mutation are susceptible to inhibition at this step along the way. A bit further down, below the BRAF, is the MEK sequence in the pathway, which also can be inhibited. This led in 2015 to the FDA approving comanetinib, the newest MEK inhibitor, in combination with the BRAF inhibitor femurafenib. A safety and efficacy study of cobimetinib and vemurafenib in a randomized trial of 495 patients previously untreated for metastatic melanoma and who were BRAF V600E positive demonstrated a 70% response rate compared to only 50% for single-agent vemurafenib. There was an improvement both in progression-free and overall survival as well. Recommended dose of cobinetinib is 60 milligrams orally once a day for the first 21 out of 28 days and a dose of vemurafenib of 960 milligram twice daily unless there is disease progression or unacceptable toxicity. Most common side effects of this combination were diarrhea and sensitivity to UV light, along with a slightly lower chance for nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea. Targeted therapy continues to progress and impress in treating our advanced melanoma patients. Next, fluoroquinolone-related neuropsychiatric and mitochondrial toxicity, a collaborated investigation by scientists and members of a social network by Kamaljeet Kaur and colleagues from the Southern Network on Adverse Reactions Project. Fluoroquinolones, such as ciprofloxin, levofloxin, and moxifloxin, are commonly administered to oncology patients, usually for prevention of or treatment of fibroneutropenia or infection. It has been shown in mice that mitochondrial toxicity can occur, leading to decreased grip strength, balance, and behavioral alteration in the mouse. However, this report in patients receiving fluoroquinolones found that 93 out of 94 had anxiety, depression, insomnia, panic attacks, or clouded thinking while on a fluoroquinolone. This report, which will need to be confirmed in larger prospective trials, raises the possibility that the fluoroquinolones may not be without neuropsychiatric toxicity, something we should watch going forward in the clinic. Prognostic value of complete remission with superior platelet counts in acute myeloid leukemia by Abhishek Mangokar and colleagues from the Medical College of Georgia in Augusta, Georgia, and Emory University in Atlanta, Georgia. Patients achieving complete remission with AML from chemotherapy may have slower or faster platelet count recovery as they achieve their complete remission. These authors retrospectively studied 104 cases of AML with particular attention to the highest platelet count during days 25 to 35 post-induction. Most interestingly, those patients whose platelet counts during this period rose over 400,000 were an independent predictor of better survival in AML. 
This simple clinical observation may help AML clinical trials predict durable complete remission better, especially if it can be replicated in future trials. A novel treatment approach prolonging survival in an uncommon metastatic primary of bladder carcinoma. This is a case report by Dr. Venkata Pokuri and colleagues from the Roswell Park Cancer Institute in Buffalo and demonstrate that this unusual pathology for bladder cancer, which is an adenocarcinoma type with intestinal type differentiation, can, and in this case did, respond to colorectal cancer chemotherapy. An extremely indolent T-cell leukemia, an 18-year follow-up by Dr. Samuel Edidoran and colleagues from the Lehigh Valley Medical Center and the University of Pennsylvania Medical Center in Philadelphia. These authors report perhaps the longest indolent T-cell leukemia relapse, which relapsed some 18 years after initial presentation and the achievement of remission. And this then underscores the need to follow these patients very long for an expected long period of time. Gastrointestinal cancers, new therapies bring hope after much frustration by Dr. Jane Delartigue. GM malignancies account for more than a quarter of all cancer diagnoses worldwide and more deaths annually than breast and lung cancers combined. The HER1, or EGFR, and the HER2 family of EGFR proteins have made for novel targets in upper and lower gastrointestinal cancers. Trastuzumab, pertuzumab, lapatinib, and adotrastuzumab have all demonstrated activity in the small percentage of these patients who are HER2 positive. The multikinase inhibitor regorafenib, trade name Stavarga, is currently positioned in the third line in advanced colorectal cancer patients who failed oxaliplatin and are on a TCAN-containing therapy, but might have a better role if administered earlier. Likewise, the VGFR, VEGF receptor-targeted monoclonal antibody, Ramucirumab, trade name Cyramza, is effective in some of these patients in the same position at the third line. The Ramucirumab studies found a hint that the elevated that an elevated baseline alpha fetoprotein, or AFP, may predict response. Finally, for those patients with MSI, microsatellite instability, high, the checkpoint inhibitors, pembrolizumab and nivolumab, may demonstrate striking efficacy in this small subset of advanced colorectal patients. This review beautifully summarizes with easy-to-read tables the currently available molecules and those in clinical trial for advanced GI cancer where molecular targeting is improving rapidly. The San Antonio Breast Cancer Symposium from December 2015 had some interesting data presented on immunotherapy and breast cancer. PD-L1 inhibitors can and do have activity, but only in a minority of patients and still undefined best biomarkers to inform which patients to treat with checkpoint inhibitors. So far, PD ligand and PD1 expressing tumors had the best response. More to come. And so that concludes this podcast for the February 2016 issue of the Journal of Community and Supportive Oncology. We welcome your comments and suggestions, so please visit us at our website, oncologypractice.com, where you can review the current issue or search previous issues for articles of interest, and thanks for listening.